Audio. Setless listeners, it's your boy Jeff back with another episode this week. Um, we're actually nearing the end of season one of the Setless podcast, so we've got one more episode after this one, and that one is going to be a super duper surprise that I can't wait to tell you all about. Um, yeah, don't forget to you know follow the podcast on Instagram. I just created a TikTok today Woo-hoo. for this podcast, so. Um, can see if I can <laughs> figure that out. Uh, and yeah, so let, let's get into it. Um, I think has been the trend for this show so far. Today's guest is an old friend of mine, Taylor Erickson from Splits. What's up? Hello, hello. Hey. Thanks for having me. Thank you for driving through the Chicago traffic, <laughs> however long it took you to get here. A swift hour and a half. Oh my God. God. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, you're the best. Uh, and we've been like hanging for a little bit too. So we're getting like some just hang time out yeah. of this. You're not, you're not just like here and out. So, yeah, um, catching up all the good things. So we have known each other for, uh, about a decade. Yeah. You're one of my oldest friends. Yeah. Um, and, uh, wow, 10 years already. Where did we meet? Oh my gosh. Okay. So we met when we were little babies. Mm-hmm. I think we were 17 years old, mm-hmm. freshmen at Illinois State University. I think I was probably 18 by you that probably point. probably 18. I yeah. was, I was you the unique case. Yeah. People were like, oh, are When's you your birthday? August 29th. Okay. Yeah. Then so you like, would have been 17 still. Yeah. I was right on the cusp. And I believe we met at ISU because we were going to uh, drumline camp. Mm-hmm. So we we spent a majority of the years, at least initially, when we first met each other, going through drumline together. Yeah, which was a, a just an experience. Thing. It was a whole thing. A whole thing. Whole thing. College marching band is really interesting because <laughs> everyone there. There's a mix of music and non-music majors, mm-hmm. but everyone there is spending like 20 hours a week during the season in marching band. And like mm-hmm. you're spending at most like 15 or 16 hours a week in class. So it's like <laughs> kind of weird, like especially for non-music majors to be doing an activity like it's it's like a sport. Like, it, well, 100% is a sport. It consumed our lives. <laughs> Every I feel like a majority of my time was like spent around you and the drumline folks. Because I mean, it was a full-time job outside yeah. of being a full-time student and working. And mm-hmm. it was just... I mean, all I remember from when we initially met was we were staying at Sean's house. Yep. Sean was like our senior, like, captain. Yeah. And he had an apartment, which was like, whoa. Yeah, he was so. like, we were like, oh, so cool. He has yeah. an apartment. And here we are just like, don't know where we are, don't know what we're doing. And Sean's like, don't worry, I'll take yeah, you he, in. He was our daddy. He was our, he was our daddy <laughs> for the day. And I think you and I were roommates. Mm-hmm. And with like nine other people. You were like nine <laughs> other people. I was like, I need to just like go do something. So I think I think yeah, we were roommates with a bunch of other people. And for whatever reason, there was some sort of like 
accident that happened outside of the house that night. I remember like oh, both yeah. of us were looking out the window, like yeah. what's going on there's out there? Lights. Like there's police lights and like something was going on. And it like triggered something for me where I was just like, oh my gosh, first night on a college campus and there's already cops <laughs> there's around, there's action, what's going on? You know, all these things. But then we spent a majority of our time in camp, which is a crazy feat to tackle. Like like 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Every day. You know. In the sun. In the sun. On the concrete. On the concrete. On the Sounds con- like a song. I don't know why. <laughs> like just hammering away at these drums like we would all be so ripped and so tan by the end of this because it's so much work like it's physical work it's work your drum you played tenor drums those are the heaviest things you can carry those are torturous i mean love them to death did it for like 20 years Mm -hmm. essentially and i mean my body's definitely paying for it now i'm almost positive my shoulders like my collarbones have been pushed down from like the weight of the drums oh yeah because it just it takes a toll on you but we got ripped Mm -hmm. for and like we like have you ever seen the meme of uh it's a spongebob meme of course why would it be any other meme uh it talks about marching band kids and it's like pre-band camp and post-band camp and like pre-band oh yeah it's like anchor arms but like on his legs yeah. It was like a sock tan and everything. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's the one. That's us. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the days. I'm um, telling you. I can, I'm trying to think of like some of my favorite memories. Like I can remember one time we were, it was actually like band camp and we were all there. Mm-hmm. Um, like everybody was at school by this time, but we were spending, you know, that week before class doing marching band. And I remember being outside and the sky got a little dark and then the wind blew and it Im- instantly dropped like 15 degrees. Oh. It was this weird feel. You could feel the pressure in the air change. So the storm front just rolled in like five minutes later, it just downpoured us. Yes. All. We were by uh, Tri Towers, right? Yeah, the yeah, little yeah, practice yeah. area. And then we took shelter in like a field house. Oh my <laughs> like God. 350 kids. Like. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. That was another thing too. There's always hundreds of people there at a time because that the band was huge. just monstrous. Yeah monstrous yeah i remember next to nothing just pure exhaustion and busyness those are like the highlighted feelings i think of when i reflect back on drumline i think like some of the best moments were out on the field during Mm. the rehearsal when like you were doing stuff and like something would happen and someone would crack a joke or we were just like so (laughs) bored and trying to like keep it keep each other entertained out there like yeah, it was, it was, I'm really, it was a lot of time, but I'm really, really grateful for that experience and like all yeah. the people I met. I mean, like, you know, Kevin's getting married this summer and I'm his <gasps> best man. We met on Drumline. Yeah. yeah. And like, uh, you know, um, Peter Tazi is still like a really <gasps> hey, good Peter, friend of mine. Now we're just talking about people that, um, <laughs> exclusively as if they're know. like, like celebrities <laughs> that you should know of. It's just like our friends. You should know uh, them though. You should know Everyone them. who's listening. If you've never met all these folks, you need to. Yeah. Um, God, I could talk about this. I know. I, was all like, I day. feel like I'm gonna be really set on talking about this if, yeah. we, <laughs> if we don't. Um, but we should get into your set list. Yeah, we should get into the things. So, um, I only knew one of these songs, which really? has kind of been the case. You're not the first person to uh, to go outside my 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 library um and that's the fun part about this for me so mm. let's get a start i think your opener was a really good like 
set list opener. Oh, I'm glad that yeah. you said that because I, I, I was, thought... That's a note I have. Like, this was an especially good one. So what is it? So the opener for the set list is Count to Nine mm-hmm. by the Japanese house. And I... <laughs> I, first of all, if you've never heard or listened through the song for folks who are listening, um, first of all, the Japanese house is absolutely incredible. Um, but secondly, uh, this record in particular opens with air. This actually is the closer to the record. Mm. Um, it's about nine minutes long. Yeah, it was long. And <laughs> that's why I'm surprised you shared just now, like, oh, I think this was a great opener. I'm yeah. like, oh, I was ready for you to be like, why did you do this to me? Nine minutes. That should be like the totality of the amount of the time I'm listening to all of these songs. Um, But this song in particular has just really sat with me for a long time. So generally when I was approaching creating the set list, I at first thought I was going to assemble a set list that reflected my Spotify wrapped this past year in 2021. Mm. Um, One of the things that I learned about my musical stylings or what I choose to listen to on a consistent basis, I think Spotify said, not sponsored by Spotify, (laughs) um, (laughs) I think Spotify said that my music choices are typically bold and confident. So it's a lot of like hard hitting, like four on the floor, like big room, lots of um, like tonal instrumentation, like it's just big, impactful, like moments. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, Spotify raps already told me what I like kind of I'm getting into a lot. And I feel like those are the kind of music that I listen to, like when I want to feel powerful and like confident in all these things. But the core of me is listening to music. That's very, um, calm kind of atmospheric i have um a lot of like sensory issues especially when it comes to sound Mm -hmm. so i'm very particular with the kind of music that i actually allow myself to sit with and when i first heard count to nine it just i don't know how else to describe it except it just made sense to me Mm. there's a handful of songs out there in the world i have a compiled playlist i can even share it with you Uh, i think it's literally called songs that make sense to me and there are songs that when i hear the first time i'm just like yeah i get it i get it yes absolutely and they're they're in various genres and by different artists but count to nine by the japanese house was one of those songs when i heard it initially the first time i heard it it was five years ago which kind of coincides with the release date for this EP was in 2017. Uh, I believe an old friend introduced me just to the group in general, but this record specifically. And I fell in love with this record, specifically this track. It is, oh, I, so many thoughts without trying to draw everything out. I love it because it's very atmospheric. There's a lot of percussive based instruments that I found myself aligning with. And as Mm. somebody who's been in percussion for 20 years, since literally fourth grade up until now, and I'm 27, that's a long time. Oh, don't, I'm not old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I, uh, you know, hear a lot of different like percussive instruments that are introduced into the mix of a song, it really resonates with me. So at first when I listened to this, I thought there was vibraphones and marimbas and like really specific like tonal instrumentation that I had a lot of familiarity and experience with. Um, And I don't know specifically if those are what the instruments that are used in this particular track, but there's a lot of synth, there's a lot of heavy bass, there's a lot of layering, um, but it's done in such a way where it doesn't overload my senses. Hmm. It's like safe sensory, if that makes sense at all. So. I feel, even though it is a big room, high impact, 
um, kind of song. I think it's like right at like 322 or 323. Like that's how much I love this song. I know exactly when that <laughs> big hit comes. Um, there's like a huge bass drop or just an impact moment that's it makes me cry every time I hear it. Um, I just, that's part of the main reason why I love this song. It's, it's safe sensory for me, but it still carries that impact that makes me want to revisit it very frequently if that makes sense yeah it does yeah well that's very cool i that's interesting i feel like a lot of people probably have that relationship with music like songs that just like fit for them Mm -hmm. into their like what they're craving yeah and it's like like you said safe sensory but i don't think i've ever heard it articulated Mm. (laughs) the way you just did so i think that's really cool that you think about music that way yeah it's 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 a lot of sensory based thoughts as well as like color based thoughts so Mm. a lot of the things that i attribute thoughts to or experiences with are like color related so for this song there's a lot of like blues and purples and magentas when i listen to it and i don't know if that's i heard that too yeah it's it's just it's full and it's rich and you know outside of the instrumentation one of the other things that i really love about this track is the vocals so while the instrumentation is very atmospheric and i quite literally felt like the first time i listened to it it was i was being projected yeah Yeah. like being projected into the literal stratosphere without intention of doing so it just kind of took me there right but the thing that grounded me so to speak were the vocals and when I think, I thought about how I was going to, to describe the vocals on the way here, because it took me a while to arrive to, um, but the word soil kept coming back to my mm. mind. And I think that was attributed to the thought of feeling really grounded when I listened to this artist. Okay. Their voice just holds nutrients for me, and it's very enriching. And I, I don't know how else to explain it, and I hope this makes sense for folks who are listening and perhaps anyone else out there uh, can attribute the word soil to an artist in a, in a very loving in and praised way. way. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of encompassment, like the, uh, like the, the rounded picture of why I, I love this song so much. And yeah. even though it is nine minutes, and <laughs> you don't know if I've ever been to a show where the opener did a nine minute Would track, nine you, you typically close it um, with a nine minute song. Um, it's the song that I could, I could have it stretch out even further and I wouldn't mind at all. The reason I thought it was a good opener was because it's like this really long ethereal intro, mm-hmm. like before any vocals or any real structure comes in. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like reminded me of like when a concert starts and like the lights go down and then there's like smoke and lights and you start hearing like yeah. synths and stuff, but the band didn't come out yet. Yeah. And you're like waiting in this hype is building. Like that's what the song felt like. Yeah. And then the outro is like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and it's almost like a little spooky, like yes. a little haunting. It's um, definitely haunting. So, so that was why I thought it was a good opener. Cause like yeah. in terms of like, if you were witnessing that live, it would really like the emotional, the emotional like vibe in the room mm-hmm. would be like a per- for perfect for like an opener because it's just like you're warming you're exactly. warming them up right exactly yeah. yeah and that's the the way that the set list is going to look today folks is that's kind of the theme is just we are kind of warming up to that big impact moment hell yeah we are <laughs> <laughs> oh the people don't even know yet people don't even know yet just wait folks um, cool count to nine the Japanese house from saw you in a dream from oh, 2017 so good. Um, beautiful, beautiful opener and beautiful, uh, explanation behind that song. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to more of these extended metaphors. Uh, (laughs) all right. Song number two. Oh, what do we got? Okay. For anyone that knows me, 
uh, you know that Lights is my favorite artist in the entire universe. So of course, I had to round out this nine minute long intro pick uh, to a Lights track called Don't Go Home Without Me. Um, it is a song that I have heard live before. A majority of these songs, this actually, um, this song here is the only song that I've ever heard live. The intention behind creating this set list was also to choose songs that I would just love to hear live one time. Mm-hmm. Um, this song I have heard live and I bawled my eyes out. <laughs> it's beautiful through and through. So uh, Lights is an artist for myself. For those who don't know, uh, Lights is a Canadian pop star who I got introduced to um, when I was studying abroad, actually, when I was mm. in college. I went to Spain for some time and I was super lonely Cause I was in a country that I'd never been to a language that I didn't know. I was living with a host family, like a, like a, uh, a, a family with like children. And I just kind of hid in my room cause I didn't know what else to do at the time. So I really took an opportunity to dive into music and discovering new artists and just kind of getting outside the box as much as I could, because I was already physically doing that by being in this new place with these new people and a new language. So I don't know how it happened, but I stumbled upon her music. And the first record that I heard from hers was Siberia that was released um, like in the mid 2000s. And at the time, it was a lot of um, like dubstep influences and like electro synth pop mm-hmm. kind of sound. She was kind of like the Owl City. Yeah. Sound, right? yeah. Yeah. She was like the Owl City. actually did a song with the Owl City. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Uh, they had a, uh, she had a feature on one of her tracks, I think Cactus in the Valley. I know every single cool. thing about her song, and every yeah. single song I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, but Lights stood out to me as an artist because in many ways she gave me permission to be myself in ways that I'd never seen tangibly represented by any other artist out there. So there was things that I always dreamed of being growing up, um, uh, you know, artistically, um, just like humanly as an individual, emotionally, you know, all these things that I dreamed for myself, but I'd never seen it represented. So I truthfully didn't think I could ever be the kind of individual that I dreamed of just because I hadn't seen it. That's why representation matters. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it does. representation it matters does. big time. Um, and when I saw her, I was like, wow, she's fucking power can i swear mm-hmm. yeah, oh my god okay good. well you're she's good. fucking powerful y'all yeah. she's you know like five foot four like around my height but when you see her on stage it's like she's 10 feet tall she has an insanely powerful voice um her lyricism is what really drew me into her first sets of records um i'm a poet at heart so a lot of the uh, as you noted before i speak in a lot of metaphors unintentionally mm-hmm. it just kind of happens just it just you are. spills out of me it's who i am um and she writes at least in that initial stage in her career very similarly so i was like wow i can relate to her in this sense and i can relate to her in the sense of like she's everything that i've always wanted to be and then some so i just stuck with her and this record that was released Oh goodness! I think so. This is actually interesting. Google Google told me that this was on two albums. It was on 2014 Little Machines and then 2016 Midnight Machines. Yes. So was this on? Was it the same version on both records? Do you know? It was two different versions. Okay. So one of the other things that I really appreciate her as an artist is, although she's powerhouse electro synth pop rock star, every single record that she's made has been paralleled with a stripped acoustic 
record of the exact same record that really? she put out. Yeah. So she takes the time to hit the highs and the lows. So is the version in your, which is your version in your set list? So my version in my set list is from Midnight Machines. Okay. And I think it's probably my favorite record that she's ever put out. Little Machines is the electrosynth pop version of this track. Yeah. Midnight Machines is like the really um like soft, warm, um, inviting, acoustic, stripped kind of record that she created. Okay. I listened and, to the right yeah. one then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. You listened to the right one then. I, I, I apologize for not making that distinction because no, okay. she does this with every single album that she releases. I didn't know releases. that. Mm-hmm. How cool. So cool. I've always wanted to do something similar. So again, that representation. It's probably very profitable. Because yeah. then you just get a whole record of stuff you've already written. You just needed to re-record. Exactly. <laughs> and then you get like double the people that know the music through and through because yeah. it's the same lyrics. It's just presented in a completely different way. That's brilliant. I, I can't know. believe more artists don't do that. I mean, like acoustic you. versions are a thing. But right. Not right. a consistent... You do both, right? One record and do like right. that's I've never heard of. It's that. like full lengths too. Like she doesn't just highlight yeah. a, an EP's worth of yeah. four to five tracks. It's like full oh, length. Very cool. Yeah, and so I I chose this song in particular out of all the many ones that I love of hers because of um, the lyricism. Okay. Specifically the lyricism. So this song, at least to me and my own interpretation of it, is her talking to her partner and telling them. The title of the song is called Don't Go Home Without Me. And I am a hopeless romantic. I am mm-hmm. like, like, I, like my, my partner right now. Hi, Austin. I love you. <laughs> um, head over heels. Like just when I feel things, I feel them so deeply. So, 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 so deeply. Um, and I don't know what that means, but I, you know, love especially brings to the surface these really intense emotions for me. And this song in particular, at least in my interpretation of it, is her telling the person that she loves, don't go home without me. Whether that's interpreted as um, something like religious, like if you believe in heaven or hell, like don't go to heaven without me or don't go to hell without me. Um, Or if it's just like, don't die without me. Yeah. Just like, don't go home without me. And for whatever, that line has always stood out to me. And the way that she presents it in this song... Um, like the very first opening lyric is like, this is a song I'm going to sing to you when we're old and tired. Yeah, And I was just like, what? Like, you know, like that really speaks volumes to me. Um, honestly, when I, when I think of this or when I listen to this song, I think of my partner and and (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm like cheesy, hardcore romantic. Um, but I, I truly do where I'm just like, yeah, don't, don't go home without me. Like, I don't want to be in an existence where you don't exist. And I, I feel that very strong, like powerful love and message that she wrote about. And I feel that that's something that a lot of individuals can relate to where there's somebody in your life that's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be without you. Not even for a single second, like in the healthy way, you know, yeah. like, you oh, know, yeah. like I don't want to do life without you. It's just that, yeah, you can't imagine, you don't even want to envision yeah. existence without a person. I totally get that. And you know, it's our blessing and curse as artists that we do feel these things yeah. super deeply. I think it, it makes Ugh. our human experience really beautiful, but... So tough. But, oh, yeah. man, sometimes you wish you could just dial it down. I'm telling you what. Sometimes, even like today, I had one of those like high volume days yeah. where like the emotions were not so loving and so wonderful, but they were deep in the opposite direction where they were heavy yeah. and challenging. And those lows can be really tough. But Very draining. Exactly. Yeah. But the, the love and the 
I guess, opposite end of emotions, so to speak. That's probably incorrect. The, yeah, I don't know, because it's not the opposite. No. Because it's, it's, they're kind of next to each other. Yes, like they're on the same... Like the same plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like every, we're all just passengers in the same plane, and our emotions are in just different seats, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, another metaphor. I can't I like stop myself. I can't. Um, but yeah, that's... I. I just love the messaging. I love mm-hmm. the lyricism. It's if I were to write a love song, I would want the messaging to reach my audience in the same intensity like that her song reached me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Oh my God. I, you are not at a loss. For beautiful <laughs> analyses of, <laughs> of songs. I, I can just like, when I did like music theory in high school, I took a music theory class. And I remember yeah. we had this one like project where we had to present we had to find a piece of artwork mm. and and present it and not say anything about the way it looked. Just describe a piece of music mm. from what you were getting when you looked at the artwork. Yeah. Um, like if, if the artwork inspired music, mm-hmm. describe the music. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like that's something you'd be really good at. So <laughs> I, I, I would love to, to take a shot yeah. at it. You know, that sounds right up my alley. It's a good exercise. Um, okay. So I'm kind of feeling this like gentle rise. So sometimes yes. set lists have like hot, like, like this. Yours is a pretty steady increase mm-hmm. to where we're going to end up. Intentionality. Um, so what's number three? So coming out of our love song and even further from the nine minute opener, um, we are getting a little bit of a rise with Michigander's East Chicago, Indiana. Mm-hmm. From Midland. From Midland. And uh, 2018. Yes, 2018. Yeah. So I chose this song. I've always wanted to hear it live since the moment I, I always want to say the moment I laid eyes on it, but the, <laughs> the moment my ears had welcomed it into my brain. It was love at first sea love with at my ears. First, <laughs> that's what the it's office. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. first love at sea with yeah. my ears. Um, the first time I heard the song, I was introduced to it by another ISU alum. Um, her name is Jenna. Uh, hey, Jenna, if you're listening. Um, this song holds a lot of weight because of you, so I appreciate it. Um, we were in uh, a lot of creative writing courses together because we were in the same major mm-hmm. and i think she just in passing gave me the song to listen to she's like hey, you like listening to music here's this track and as you may remember or at least my personal experience with isu is i walked everywhere and so yeah. when i had these you know at least from if you remember where my apartment was it's I like don't actually it was like a 45 oh, wait, minute walk on the south campus. side of campus yeah, yeah so okay. i was like by the the mcdonald's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. so my apartment was a 45 minute walk from campus. So in these walks, and at the time I didn't have a car, I took a lot of time to listen to things Mm -hmm. or to just talk to myself, you know, whatever the day called for. And on this particular walk home, I don't remember anything about the day. Like, I don't remember if it was a rough day or what the weather looked like, but this song took me to a place. It was that stratosphere projection again. Like there's this songs that just make sense to me. This was one of them. It just hit me like a freight train um, especially at the incredibly high impact moment, um, as if you take a listen through the track, it is a little bit of a rise in itself because yeah. it kind of starts with like this basic kick beat. And then we have a little bit of, you know, an electric guitar kind of action. Um, and the opening lyric is, I hope that you find somebody that loves you. Um, I think it's like, I hope you find somebody that loves you something like in the same 
that lives in the same world as you do. So I feel like a lot of the song choices that I I tend to gravitate towards are always about like love or relationship or connection in some way because I hold a lot of um, value in those things. Um, but when they're paired with like, you know, these high impact moments, it's just like, yes. Um, but for this song in particular, it's a little bit of a rise in itself as it introduces slowly these layers of different instrumentation um, and it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the impact moment when I heard it for the first time, it's kind of out of nowhere. Like, you know, the impact moment's about to happen, mm-hmm. but I wasn't prepared for what I was about to hear because it goes from this, you know, kit, guitar, out, kind of. synth kind of approach, a little bit of a light bass to like heavy horns. Yeah. And I think because of my marching band background, horns in particular always gave me the chills there's something so and i think it has to do with like my sensory stuff like there's something it's kind of like um if this is another safe sensory song so for example i hate train horns Hmm. can't stand them i hate the the notes that they produce it's it does like that makes my body want to fold into itself like a dying star another office reference um That's two, folks. Two for two. Um, And for this song in particular, when those horns hit, it wasn't falling into myself like a dying star. It was like, it was the opposite. I I felt my chest open up. I felt like I was not touching the ground anymore. And it kind of continues to drive with this large, big room sound. And then the lyrics come back in. And it's like, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where I am. Just know that I've got you. And mm-hmm. that then that I'm a big lyrics person too. So it just hits in all these different ways that I wasn't yep. prepared for. And I was walking around like our campus, bawling my eyes out. Oh, no. I was not prepared. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I'm a crier. It's not uncommon on college no, campuses it's, probably though too. It's, it's, people <laughs> walking around crying. <laughs> if you're not crying because of music, you're crying because of a million other reasons on a yeah. college campus. I am no stranger to those things, um, but I'm a crier uh, for folks who don't know. Um, but yeah, this, this song in general just had so many impacts and it just floored me when I heard it initially. And I actually rediscovered the song in the last six months after it kind of had been hidden away unintentionally and I heard it and I went in my car and I listened to it in my garage and I just sat there. I was like, wow, like Michigander, if you're listening, that was one of my, one of my best, (laughs) one of the best songs that I've ever heard in my life. I love hearing just Chicago references in songs too. Mm -hmm. Like he says, like I'm driving home late from from Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I love hearing Hearing that, yes, um, always. This like, is an artist that, like, I'll be honest, I hear so much about, mm-hmm. but haven't really dove into. Yeah, I'm hard to crack <laughs> with new music. Really? Yeah, I will listen to, um, you know, Discover Weekly and all the algorithmic stuff that Spotify serves up to me. But sure, it's rare that I ever hear something and like, I need to listen to everything mm. by this band. One band recently, well, not really recently, but in the past five years that made its way in was Hippocampus. The moment oh. I found them, I was like, I'm going to listen to every song this band Love ever makes. Hippocampus. Um, who else? As you should. I mean, I didn't really discover Wolfpack that way, but Wolfpack is a band whose just entire catalog I like to listen yes. to. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hard to crack. So I can even like, just be very, very aware of an artist and know mm-hmm. that a lot of people that I know like them and it'll still take me a lot to, um, yes. to dive into the yeah. discography, you know? Yeah. So, so maybe, um, maybe you just gave Michigander a, a chance. If, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> if nothing else, but the song that you choose to listen to of theirs, yeah. that's, I'd feel good about that. Cool. Truly. Um, all right. Shall we move on? We we shall move on. Let's keep moving this train. I love this next guy. Ah, yes! What do we got? Number four. So number four is Heart Don't Stand a Chance by Anderson Pack. So our first three songs, we're kind of warming up in this ethereal state. We're getting emotional. Taylor's crying. And <laughs> then suddenly <laughs> we we come back down a little bit. We add some, we add some, some funk, some soul, some, yeah. some livelihood into the mix, and I'll just kind of start with why I love Anderson Pack. So a number of years ago, I was really into NPR's Tiny Desk, and I still am. Uh, love a tiny know exactly desk. Exactly what you're gonna say. <laughs> love a tiny desk, and I was um, at the time just you know frequenting through a bunch of random ones as yeah. they kind of came along on the playlist I mean, they were huge when we were in college huge. and after college too, and but after, like, right huge great way to learn about new artists and that's you know all that i'm about and anderson pack came on with the free nationals and i again it was just something that when things hit me and they make sense i'm like yo you know and I first on the first thing that I noticed about the music that I loved was the way that he was playing his kit. Yeah. He had this like fucking Because like, if you don't know, Anderson Pack plays the drums he while plays he raps. The drums while he raps. Uh, and it's amazing. It's amazing. And we're singing drummers too. So and we we're like singing to, drummers we too. We like to see that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's why I, you know, Could really be. clicked with it. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, we do those things too. That's fun. But with there was just this like, like cocky stank faced like like fuck you but in funk like mm-hmm. funkified fuck you if yeah. that makes sense yeah yeah and i know i'm a big lyricist person as well so the, the lyrics as well like really hit me but the first thing that i noticed was the way he was playing his kit and he's like bobbing his head he's smiling he, you're doing it exactly i know like he's like he's that, doing that it just really like, good. Just right as he was doing it and he he just he knew, he knew how good he was in that moment, but it wasn't a kind of artist where like, they know how good they are. And you're like, ew, mm-hmm. gro-. like it was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, well, he you're hitting it right now. He's like, like making something that people enjoy. He's yes. Like, he's like, and he like enjoys it, it too. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. he's like, yeah, people, people are vibing this, yeah. you know? And he was just smiling the entire time he was playing. Yeah, he does the drip was good. insane. He had like this incredible hat. Um, I loved the way that like, cause teaching drumline for over a decade i look at things like how do folks hold their drumsticks and like where are they positioning them on the kid and what kind of heads do they have and what are their shells and like you know i i go through the anatomy of drums and unpacking each instrument specifically when it comes to drums but when he was just rocking those drums i was like yo this is tight and then the rest of the free nationals are there as well they got some strings some bass and some synth they have some overlaying backup vocals and it just 
I couldn't stop moving to it. <laughs> this was a song that generated a lot of physical and mental and emotional movement for me where I was like, I think at one point in the video, he says like, ooh, like to his own music. And yeah. I, every time I see this video, I'm always mimicking that. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. yes. Like, you know, it, it makes me feel something. It's very uplifting. Very right? uplifting. Yeah. yeah. Very, very uplifting. And it, it allows me to dive into the, um, like dancey side of my music taste, which a lot of what I listen to is kind of like dancey if it's not very ethereal and atmospheric. Um, Cause my family's a like family of not professional, but dancers like at every family party we listen to um, like salsa bachata, like Motown, like anything that kind of makes us move. And that's why I think the song stuck out to me. Totally. Cause it was just like, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling it so much that my body wants to move around, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's so cool uh, what he's doing with Bruno Mars and oh, Silk Sonic. Like, yes. first of all, like Silk Sonic. the music's incredible, right? It's like their records so are so good. Um, and it's also like so cool to see big artists doing extended collaborations like that. Yes, like like there's there's definitely like bands that are made up of people from like other, but like this is different. This is like two billboard artists Mm -hmm. who are like let's just start a band and like make an album like i just you don't see that often and i wish that happened more often right i also i feel like bruno it's bruno mars is getting a lot more of the like credit uh for the silk sonic stuff and i wish anderson pack were getting more like limelight out of it yes um but uh i just think it's so dope and i hope that they I, i don't know are they like have they announced a tour? Are they on? T- I don't think I they're on don't tour. I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna Google this right please now. Google it. I mean, because I'll talk about the fact that I was supposed to see Anderson Pack a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And I'm still a little bit salty about this experience. So I drove down to Tennessee. I went to Nashville because he was, Anderson Pack was touring with like Thundercat, Earl Sweatshirt, yeah. no name, like the goat of all goat Where was lineups. This? It was in Nashville. Oh, okay. And so I, I drove down there with someone to go see this show because they were also a large fan of Anderson Pack. I was like, hell yeah, let's go, you know? Took the days off, hell drove yeah. down there. And this person got really amped on the pre concert activities. Mm. So much so that we missed the show. The whole thing? We didn't go at all. Oh, my God. And I was devastated. (laughs) And we hopped back in the car the next day and drove home. (sighs) So uh, to this day, the reason why this song in particular is on the set list, not only because I love it because, you know, movement and ah and chef's kiss to everything, but because I was supposed to see this song played live and I... (sighs) was cheated out of that experience. I was so upset. So my my goal is to hopefully see Anderson Pack. So I'm yeah. glad that you're looking up tour dates because Silk Sonic, I would love to see if so they're touring question mark. I'm not seeing a tour, oh, but I am that. seeing that they're playing like they have a show like every two or three days at Dolby Live in Vegas. So I think they have a Vegas residency. Really? In lieu of touring. (gasps) I'm very confused. I'm Yeah, live in Las Vegas, an evening with Silk Sonic. This is what they're doing. 
I just want to like. Want to go to Vegas? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I want to dress in like my silkiest Mark Rubier robe oh, and yeah. just like head down there. Also, Mark Rubier was an artist that did not make the list, but just know he's. I would make it top tier special. Uh, yeah, special shout out. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I'm so glad you picked an Anderson Pack song. I love Anderson Pack. It's just so funkified, and mm. it's just. Mm. I think there's something about. That's the Dave Grohl thing. When you have drummers oh, yeah. writing songs and singing them, like there's what? something about that. I can tell you for me is when I'm singing because drums is my, right. My core. Mm-hmm. That's how I, that's where all music comes from is, is percussion. Yep. I, when I'm singing, I think of myself as a rhythm section mm. part. Like yes. I feel like your rhythm and flow as a vocalist is just as important as a drummer's. Yes. And I think I tend to like write that way. Right. And I have to imagine that other, other people like us do that too. Oh, all the time. I, I equate a lot of uh, like syncopation is a word that I use <laughs> yeah. and like subdivision when I'm writing with splits, I think about the ways that vocals and drums, I mean, and guitar as well, all these other instruments, but to your point of, vocals and drums specifically Mm -hmm. i think about how vocals can be like a call to answer kind of thing where vocals could fit in in windows that the drummer is taking care of Mm -hmm. or the ways that um a rhythm section can be paralleled with vocal stylings and vocal patterns and the way that you can project a note if it means the drums are going to be hitting some impactful moment as well and there can be a lot it's it's drastic the amount of impact that you can have. So I, I, I do the same thing yeah. just to, to make sure you're not the only one. I oh, yeah. think when I write music, I think about the syncopation of words as if I was writing it for a kit piece. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. I, I totally think it's like, that. it's, I think it even goes beyond thinking about it. It's just how you, yeah, it's, it's how I operate. What comes out. Yeah. 100% of the time I am 1 billion percent through and through percussive based on everything that I do. Even the way that I talk, I can <laughs> pick out rhythms like I randomly will say a word and I'll be like, oh, triple, triple, uh, like, you know, just like, yeah. or like the, like the rudiments will come through and I'll be like, hi mom, hi mom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like a peek into this a peak, goofy person's a brain, peak, a peek everybody. into the drummer brain, yeah. all the rudiments and the hi moms and the, <laughs> wait, is that a, oh, hi mom. The, that's the thing where you, yeah. Traditional grip. You like, yeah, Flip there's your, like a there's little bit hand. of a wave with the yeah. yep, yep, with the trad yeah. grip and yep, a little bit yep. of a visual moment and <sighs> that's absolutely how my brain operates. So, oh, the the main thing that stood out to me about Anderson's drums hmm. was the flams in the entire song. Cuz he he just fat flams, yeah. Like mm, we love a flam. Yes. We love, we a, flam. love a flam. Yes. <sighs> oh my god. Well, it's not about the destination it's about the journey <laughs> the destination is here the destination's your here your last song My last song Ooh, what a class i was not expecting this <laughs> i love it what do you got how are you closing out your set list we are closing out this puppy with a little bit of killing in the name by rage against the machine yeah yes so another song that i've always wanted to hear live love this song through and through this song for as much as I love lights, this song in any discography of every artist of anything that's ever existed, this is the my favorite song that's ever been written on the planet. Wow. Really? My favorite this song. song. This song in particular. Okay. I 
have heard it since I was young. So my my parents have uh, combined me uh, with this really interesting mesh of music tastes. So my dad is very much like classic rock, bluegrass, um, blues, punk, like emo, alternative. Like he's he loves your dad. He's my dad. And he also loves rap too. Like he cool loves dad. like he loves like <laughs> Biggie Smalls and like Tupac and like all, all these things. He's 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 got an interesting taste in music. Yeah. He's very uh, what's the word? Um, eclectic. Yeah, is, eclectic's yeah. a good one. Um, and then on my mother's side, it's like R and B, hip hop, Motown, um, gospel, like like the soul of things. So if my dad's music taste is like the impact, my mom's is like the soul. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this song in particular, Killing in the Name, was a marriage of those two things for me. Okay. Um, so with Anderson Pack's track, a lot of it is like funkified soul, like quite literally like, taken in that way. But for this track for me, it's just like, fuck you, man. You know, like I... I've always loved it since I heard it when I was a kid. I I, th- I may have been 12 or something when I first heard this song. And my dad was really cool about it. You know, we were driving around and maybe he had it on a CD somewhere. And when we got to the fuck you, I won't do what you tell me part, he, he let me listen to it. And I was like, oh, cuss words, you know. But there was something about this song that just carries so much power. I'm really, if I'm not gravitated to ethereal atmospheric, I am gravitated to power mm-hmm. power and impact as you may have heard me talk about in the last like 30 minutes um but this song in particular i love the heavy riffs i love what i used to think was a basic kit beat the most at least quote unquote basic things can be the most structural puzzle piece component of a song there's videos that i've seen of Rage Against the Machine playing this live for like 50,000 people. And although it's four people on a huge ass stage. They make some noise. It makes some noise. And every single person in the audience is rowdy, is wild, right? So they have these heavy riffs. They have these slamming bass. Oh my God, the grooves. The grooves alone in the bass, the effects on the pedals, like everything was just so powerful. And then the lyrics come. And it just, I was KO'd when I was listening to the lyrics. (laughs) And to this day, if I'm driving around and listening to this song, I will scream the lyrics at the top of my lungs. I love the message that this song carries. And I love the way that it's been misinterpreted by the people who think it's for them, but it's actually meant to be not for them. And you know exactly what I'm talking about too. Like, Those people. <laughs> Those people. And um, and I, because I, I saw that on, on socials not that long ago, and they're like, it's funny because this song was written to combat that kind of thing. Yep. Moving on, um, it's just powerful. It's just powerful going through the, the lyrics, especially when you get to the end, that buildup of like, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. <gasps> fuck you, I won't do what you do. Yeah. And they had that slow rise. And there's been many points in my life, whether it was teenage or otherwise, where I've had that kind of attitude and mindset towards an individual, a group of people, the world, life, whatever. 
And I feel like that's a bit of, you know, my teenage angst kind of coming through. I'm like, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. But it's carried into my late 20s where I still think that Mm -hmm. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like being told, you know, these things. So I'm always like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not going to do what you tell me. Absolutely not. The fuck do you think you are talking to me like that? You know what I mean? So I, I, I uh, wanted to, sir, to. This is a Wendy's. Yes. <laughs> sir, this is a Wendy's drive-through. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite. Don't tell joke me to pull up dad. to the second window. Don't, <laughs> don't pull me to. Nah, nah. Sir, this is a Wendy's drive-through. Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me. I will not give you ten dollars and eighty-six cents for this meal. Absolutely not. Real talk, though, I imagine you're probably pretty nice too. Uh, oh, I'm incredibly nice. Yeah, because the thing is, <laughs> this I is not a portrait of you. No, no, because yeah. the thing is, I'm I'm very very kind, or at least I try to be. You are. And in the moments where I can't be kind, it's only intentionally. Like if someone deserves an unkindness, because sometimes it happens. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't extend empathy in the ways that you want to extend empathy, and sometimes you're just like, you know what? There was a TikTok song or a sound. It was like, you know what? Choose violence today. Oh yeah. Be petty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like clap back. You know what I mean? So that this sure. would be like my clap back song, okay. where it's just like, yeah, you know what? I- I'll be nice, but no, fuck you. I'm not going to do what you, whatever you want me to do. You know, the song is so iconic. Just yes. like, like it's very political, mm-hmm. um, in a way that I think a lot of people really identify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, I don't know. I feel like there's just not bands like this anymore. No, absolutely. I, I hate to be like, they don't make them like the good oh, old Oh, God, days, are we getting really old? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are. Yeah, but, God. Um, but yeah, they just like, you just don't hear this anymore. And yeah. Rage Against the Machine is just like, what a treasure. <laughs> I'm telling you. And I, I think that's a large in part of why I chose it, just because yeah. it's so historic is the word that kind of comes to mind for me when thinking totally. about Rage Against the Machine. I mean, Iconic the, too. there's a performance of it from like some giant festival. I don't That's know what That's the one it, I'm talking about. reference before. really popular mm-hmm. video. Like, and you can tell like. Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't matter. I, I love, and I would hope to be an artist that, because I feel like in today's musical climate, God, I sound like a an adult um, <laughs> in my day no god we're we're getting there aren't we adults and the adults of sorts um i feel like with music at least the way i interpret a lot of music now there's a lot of immediate rise and immediate fall at least the way that i have interpreted things i could be very incorrect but there's bands like rage against the machine that in my opinion they're still rising stand the test of they're time they're standing kind of the test yeah. of time where they don't they are so talented and so raw and so political and so powerful and not afraid to speak out on issues that at least outside of like rock and roll maybe won't touch on as much mm-hmm. i mean now we see it a lot more so which is totally very yeah. grateful for and i love that um but yeah, they just stand the test of time. And I, I I hope to be an artist that can leave something that will not have that like immediate rise and immediate fall, but something that somebody can carry through with them, just as I've carried this song for, you know, over a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I heard it when I was a kid, but yeah. it even it made sense then. It made sense in my teenage years and it makes sense to me now. Um, and it just... In different ways, too. Yeah, (laughs) in different ways, too. But it it still just makes sense. And I just, 
I, yeah. And it's a great closer. It's a great closer because, you know, we start out slow and we have that rise. And then all of a sudden you go from like funkified Anderson Pack to getting punched in the face in the pit. Mm-hmm. Because I would get, I would get, I would demolish myself in a pit. I would just, I would <laughs> just, song, yeah. I would just go in. I would come out broken and bruised and I would be thrilled about it. Absolutely thrilled about it. Mm. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just talking about it. <laughs> We're, there's a lot of, you know, it leads to really high energy. And then I tell you to go home. That that would be, I'd be like, yeah, we're going to get like emotional. And then suddenly like, fuck you. I'm not going to do what you tell me. All right. Have a good night. See ya. Yeah. I'd be like, what? <laughs> going out. Where's the resolve? Yeah. No, you don't get it. No, you don't um, get it. Not with the set list. Fantastic set list. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing everything that you shared. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, I'm sad this has come to a close. I, I know. It's so, like, I just like, I haven't seen you in so long. So I know. It's, it's like we, and, and you know, we, we don't live super close, so no. we don't see too much of each other, but Swift every time I see away. you, it's just, it, I, um, always enjoy spending time with you. So thank you for coming here today. Thank um, you for having me. Again, Splits is your main project, yes. so people should go listen to Splits. Yes, you should. That could be kind of sick or something if you were to listen to Splits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, streaming platforms, all the good things, and there's more to come, so keep your eyes peeled. And there's also a Splits song featuring the host of this podcast. Oh my gosh, <laughs> wait, I was hoping you were going to mention that. Yeah. yeah, so for, I'm going to take over as host for a minute. For folks who don't know... Um, <laughs> Jeff Mills of Jeff Mills Music. <laughs> he just spit out his water. <laughs> that was that was another. I'm so sorry. I had I had to do it to him. That, that was good. that was Jeff's project when we were like 17 and 18 years old. Yeah. Not not Jeff Mills of Jeff Mills Music, but it was Jeff Mills Music yeah. and the drum line as as our our way of uh, lovingly joking with Jeff. We'd always say, oh, "It's Jeff Mills of Jeff Mills Music," and yeah. that was years. It's been a decade. I will still say that. It still makes me laugh. It dude. still makes us laugh. I, I always loved it. But going going. <laughs> back to, to current day music yeah so uh mr jeff mills here was featured as a vocalist on one of split's tracks from our vice versa record uh, the track is called jch it stands for just come home and we had the pleasure of recording that with uh john terry mm-hmm. at his home and it was an incredible experience, especially in the sense that we, we have known each other for so long. Yeah. I met you when I was 17 Gotta years have old. This full circle. Yeah, thing. full circle moment. And even yeah. prior to that, we were selling out shows together. We were. Like suddenly at the we Beat were. Kitchen, we were full house, selling out shows with our bands. One of and the then. Nights of my life. <laughs> yeah, and then when we were thinking about having a. a a feature for this particular track i was like jeff mills that's it i was just beyond honored that you asked me to do that and i'm still very proud of that um that i got to be part of that with you guys and uh yeah so listen to that record listen to that song and nothing else (laughs) keep an eye out for you know there's nothing nothing official that i can tell you about but splits does uh they're they're working on some stuff so Oh, hang on to your butts. It's <laughs> hang on uh, to your butts. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, is there anything else you wanna you wanna bless us with before we wrap oh, things up? Oh, 
don't gosh. Know. <laughs> Leading up to Because normally we'd I be like, we talk about like show dates or release dates, but like we're not quite there yet. So. Yeah, no. I mean, we, we have some things in the works. So I said keep your eyes peeled. I feel like I should say like keep, keep your ears, your clean. ears clean. <laughs> keep your ears clean. Do that in general. Out. But Do also that in general <laughs> for good health best practices, but also <laughs> keep your ears nice and clean and open for, for some things uh, that could be coming up in the future of splits. Um, but God, I suddenly just got like so nervous thinking about the pressure of needing to close this out in a particular way. Um, I don't really have anything coming to mind. No, that's okay. Minus the fact that this is just a cool full circle moment. And I'm very appreciative that you had me on today. Of course. And it was really neat to be a part of something that a lot of my friends are a part of. It's like we had this yeah. whole beautiful scene because you're the, the second community. splits member second splits member so i've in. had two splits members and two august hotel members <gasps> we so love august i'm just hotel. collecting band and members yes. at this point you're gonna have to um you are all my trophies yay so cool well taylor um i'm just gonna my face hurts from smiling so much. <laughs> a lot of uh, laughing today from hanging out with you today and um yeah thank you for coming on the show sharing your set list with us and just just being so vulnerable about who you are through this music. Um, that's, it's, that's just the best part about this whole thing. Um, and thank you, dear listener, for listening <laughs> to this episode of the Setlist Podcast. Don't forget to follow me over on Instagram. Check out the TikTok. Check it out. Because um, like, we're trying to, we're just doing everything we can out here to, to, to build the audience. All sides. Tell your mom about it. Full force. Um, and <laughs> tell your mom. Tell your mom. <laughs> She'll and, love it. And, uh, and yeah, follow, follow me on Instagram and check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you folks are getting your podcast. Um, that's all. I'm Jeff Mills. See and you I'm, next time. And I'm Taylor Erickson. And that's Taylor Erickson. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap it up. This has been a production of Ox Audio. For more information on Ox and the Ox Audio Podcast Network, visit us online at oxchicago.com.